0: Hello and welcome to the Leaders' Council podcast, the podcast for the people who run the country and the people who keep the country running. You join me in an empty yet sunny capital. I'm Matthew O'Neill, and today, as always, we ensure that we have a variety of distinct perspectives on leadership. First, we're joined by Simon Tillier, director of vouch.co.uk, a firm that is the future of tenant referencing. Simon, hello.
1: How you doing, Matthew? Okay.
0: I'm well. Thank you for coming on the program today. Uh, now, normally, we charge straight ahead to the subject of leadership, but considering our uh, odd circumstances we find ourselves under, I'd be remiss if I didn't ask you how COVID-19 has affected your business.
1: Of course, yeah. I mean, like everybody else, it's had a huge effect. Um, there's probably not one industry in the world that hasn't been touched by it in some way, shape, or form. Um, the good news is we're kind of now we've got through the worst that we're managed to kind of try and look for the positives in it, and um, we've got most of the team still up and working um, and looking at ways of driving the business forward, really. So, using it as a bit of planning time, really, to try and see what we can do on the other side of
0: it. And what sort of um, uh, impact has this had on the tenancy uh, in general?
1: Yeah, so obviously, we facilitate tenant referencing to anybody who's looking to move into a property. Um, initially, we saw the levels of that drop sort of 75 to 80% overnight um, in terms of applicants applying because obviously uh, state and Latin agents couldn't facilitate them moving around the country. Um, since then, that's started to ease off a little bit. Uh, there's people renewing where they're currently living and we've also seen um, some agents trying to facilitate key workers, NHS members of staff, et cetera, moving around, you know, essential moves around the country um, that need to take place. So that's happening as well. So actually volumes have started to grow back up now. Um, we're still 50% down on where we normally are, but we can definitely see it heading in the right direction.
0: Do you believe this is going to have a long-term effect on your business?
1: Um, I don't think it'll have a long-term effect, no. Obviously, while we're under restriction and people can't move around freely um, and it's a lockdown, then it's it's always going to carry on. But I'm a big believer that there's actually going to be a big bounce out the back of this. Um, Everybody who needs to move is still going to move, so I'm seeing it more as actually, well, it's deferred. Rather than lost, so people are still going to need to move. It's just going to happen down the line. So that's what we're gearing up for. Um, we're expecting talking to all of our customers and telling them to be ready because it will be busy out the back of this. Obviously, that'll be different in other industries, but in our industry, I don't think we're going to see any long term effects. Some mm-hmm. some businesses may go by the wayside if they haven't got cash reserves, etc. To be to carry on, but um, I think that'll be a smaller percentage than probably originally thought.
0: Well, we might as well move on to the subject of leadership. I always like to start this part of the conversation off by asking the same simple question. What does the word leader mean to you?
1: Okay, yeah. So, I mean, in our industry, I've always kind of been a leader in different ways. So I played a lot of sport previously and I was always kind of a captain on the field and uh, I try and relate leadership in business to exactly the same thing. Um, I'm not a dictator by any stretch of the imagination. I really like to run a kind of happy environment that people want to work in. So as anything else, um, a leader should always lead by example. Um, you should never ask anyone to do anything you're not prepared to do yourself. Um, and then you should also use your team as much as humanly possible to get the most out of them rather than kind of bark orders of people um, and expect them to deliver.
0: Now, what is the technique that you use on a most uh, uh, efficient daily basis?
1: Um communication. So we're big believers in that. We have a lot of, we have regular team meetings. Um uh, we have a lot of kind of informal meetings as well, more kind of chat based communication and feedback. So everyone's free to uh, ask questions when they need to. Um, everyone gets their opinion heard all the time. Um so they actually feel like they're valued members of your team rather than actually I'm in charge. These are the rules, this is what I'm expecting you to do. Um so communication in in, in the work environment is absolutely essential. Um, even more so now, I mean, we're home working as probably most people are, um, using the video conference calls, regular catch-ups with people is absolutely vital in terms of keeping the business going at the moment.
0: Now let's go back to the beginning of your career. When you first started off your working life, uh, as we all know, leadership, uh, doesn't uh, appear out of nowhere. It's uh, developed. Um, did you have any particular, uh, set of circumstances or role model who shaped you as you are today?
1: Probably coming from sport really. So I used to play a lot of rugby. Um, played with some, some good people, some good great some great leaders in that as well. Um so that's probably where my leadership style developed from. Um playing under certain captains, etc., following their example. Um and then into the when I went changed that into the workplace, tried to use some of those skills and techniques and even in junior roles but always kind of look to try and help lead people, advise people, guide people and then that obviously leads its way through. Um, and you kind of develop those skills as you go along from there, so that's where I'd say my kind of my kind of leadership style would come from initially
0: now of course uh leadership has its challenges, uh, and uh, most people find uh dealing with conflict to be uh rather difficult. What is your approach to uh diffusing conflict amongst your staff
1: so number one, try to keep it down as much as humanly possible. I mean, it is going to happen. But again, from having that kind of more open forum where people feel comfortable in the environment, where they feel they can come and talk to either myself or another line manager or something like that, um, that helps keep a lot it in the bud straight away. So if you can see something arising, try and deal with it immediately before it gets to the point where actually now we've got a serious situation on hand. Um, It will happen though, you know, people clash, people get nervous and anxious in a work environment. So these things will happen and it's just about handling it effectively every single member of staff needs treating in a different way some people react well to kind of more discipline some people just need to be listened to so it depends on where the conflict's arisen from why it's arisen and who's actually involved in it so it's kind of a case by case situation rather than I have a, a one-stop approach to it. I'd say.
0: Now of course we have many great examples of leadership in the world uh, if I was to ask you uh, who inspires you on a daily basis who would you say?
1: Who so inspires me now? Mm-hmm. Um, who do I look to for good leadership? Let me think, let me think, let me think. Oh, I don't know the answer to that. Um, I take a lot, I, do, I listen to a lot of audio books at the moment. I'm trying to read as much as possible and get a lot of perspectives from, from different people out there. So um, I'm trying to kind of up my game in terms of learning from other people and bringing their knowledge in. So probably loads of people I'm probably... I don't know how many books I read last year, but they probably all take a little element from everybody, really, rather than just being one person that I kind of look to and be inspired by.
0: Now, unfortunately, uh, our time together is beginning to wane. Uh, but before I let you go, what does the next 12 to 24 months have in store for Vouch.co.uk?
1: Yeah, so uh, we've got a, a lot of exciting plans, really. I mean, we're looking at, we've been as a company, this company, we've been live for sort of two months. We, we the kind of learning and development phase and we're just about to launch the next stage of our product and that's been put on hold ever so slightly just obviously what's going on at the moment but again we're using this bit of extra time to kind of build more features into it so we've got a really exciting time coming up to launch a brand new referencing product to the market which is leaps and bounds above anybody else who's out there in our space a real kind of tech driven um product for letting the state agents all over the country um, so the next twelve months, especially is going to be getting getting that right, getting the launch right, um get the marketing side of it right, get it out there in front of everybody, and then, as we go into twenty four months really developing that product and trying to grow as much market share as we as possibly can with something new and exciting for our industry.
0: Well, I'd like to thank you very much, uh, Simon, for coming on the program today, and I'd love to have you back on when things get back to some sort of a, of course, a normal yeah. situation uh Simon, yeah. thank you
1: No problems at all. Uh, nice to speak to you.
0: That was Simon Tillier, director of Vouch.co.uk. And now, if you haven't heard it before, it's Jonathan White's exclusive interview with Sir Geoff Hurst. Uh, We're now joined, uh, though, by former England footballer and
2: still the only man to score a hat-trick in a World Cup final, Sir Geoff Hurst. Uh, Thank you very much for coming on today. Uh,
3: You're welcome. You're welcome. Good afternoon. Uh,
2: And perhaps I should uh, start and get it over and done with. I know you must be bored with it, and uh, you've probably been asked a thousand times,
3: many, many years ago. 1962, I think that was. So I didn't... And, um, yes, I, I didn't really feel it. So I'm lucky to be playing, I guess, one or two injuries. Um, but the problem that I had was was really messing about between the two sports. That was very detrimental to me uh, over that period of time, mm. being stuck between the two sports.
2: And I think, uh, for those that uh, don't know, there's, a, there's a, another world that might exist where... Um,
3: simply a, a fantastic uh, coach or teacher, if you like, at the football. And uh, the, the quote I always mentioned when we talk about Ron Greenwood, Harry Redknapp um, was played under him and has been very successful as a player and, and the manager over many, many, many years. He, and he's come across many coaches, of course, and managers during his time over fifteen years, I guess. He would still say that Ron Greenwood is the best coach he had worked with. He'd worked with... So you, you're very fortunate i think you, you you think you're lucky when you come across if you have a great teacher at school and uh, a great coach as we had in ron greenwood and of course uh, a great manager in so to come across people like that that caliber can have a huge influence on your your career of course and, and then your life and that's that's quite purely the case
2: absolutely and in those early days um at uh, well, I've been tell you if you want, you've you you got time, i can tell I go, you if you want. Jeff, go on, go on, I think I'd be, it would be silly if I said no at this point. Okay, so I was uh,
3: doing a, a, at a dinner in, in the Channel Lions, three or four hundred people, black tie dinner, guest of honour. and this occasion I was speaking for about 20 minutes, then allowing uh, questions from the audience at the end of the evening. And there was beautiful football questions, and then all of a sudden I heard a, somebody at the back who, I'm sure perhaps uh, there are there are people who pay you compliments of the, uh, of fans of west ham and of uh, stoke and of course in, uh, England fans who um, I, I, I think probably uh, it would be very immodest of me to to suggest that i i felt that somebody was looking to me for inspiration um mm-hmm.